I'm excited. I just wanted to share my heart, to share the truth of God's word. I, uh, I, if, if it's okay with you, it, I'm, I'm going to preach with some soaking music playing. Is that okay with you this morning? I just kind of felt it this morning. I kind of have this playing kind of throughout my life. <laughs> Back there in the pantry room, there's always this soaking music in my car at our home. Hey, the, the name of this particular one that's playing is called Welcome Holy Spirit. Hey, can we just, can we just take a second and do that? Just, just close your eyes for just a second. Oh, man. Just put your hands out in front of you. We're so excited to be with you this morning that you and that you're excited to be with us. And so we just invite you this morning. We thank you that you're you're already here, but we just welcome you. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to just move this morning and speak to us. We ask Holy Spirit that you grip our hearts this morning and that you bring the word of God to life in our life this morning. Show us how to apply it. Show us how to live it out. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that no one here leaves the same way that they came. You just meet with us. Reveal the deep things of the Father's heart. We just become aware of your person, of your presence, of your closeness, of your intimacy, of your love, and the power that comes with your love. This morning, we just we just say have your way we love you we need you we want more of you in jesus name in jesus name in no other name but yours jesus hallelujah amen the name of jesus Woo! it's everything oh man I, I'm just excited to share my heart and to share God's word. Listen, you, you know why the word of God is active, alive, and powerful? Because it's God-breathed. He breathed on every word of the scriptures. You know, it says in Matthew that, that all, the men that wrote these scriptures were carried along by the Holy Spirit himself was written by the very breath of God. So therefore, it's alive. It's powerful. When we read it and we eat it and we partake of it, we become alive. Woo! We might just actually become powerful if we apply it to our life and begin to live it out. Amen? Oh, I, I'm, I, I want to share. I have something specific this morning that I want to share with you that I feel like we're, we're, we're just supposed to go after. But I also want to share with you just a couple of testimonies from last Saturday. So, so most of you probably knew and some of you were there. Last Saturday, we had our first Arise Global Evangelism Training. And, and a few people were excited about it. Y'all, it was, it, we met right back here in the multi-purpose room. And y'all, it was, it was so awesome. And there were 19 of us that gathered together for the training and then went out to pray for people. And Pastor Leslie from the Love Lady Center, I mean, he came and he brought seven or eight women from the Love Lady Center that are getting ready to graduate the program. And they were just hungry, man, just on fire. And just wanted to learn, man, how to live like a, a, an evangelistic lifestyle, how to love people for a living. And it was, oh man, and so we, 
we worshiped. We just got in the presence together. I shared my heart on evangelism, what it is, why we get the privilege of evangelizing, how to practically, practically live a lifestyle of love. And, and Yvonne, I invited her to come up. She shared a testimony about just her lifestyle and seeing God move through everyday life. And then, then we went out and put it in practice. We went and prayed for people and we saw God move. And y'all, I'm telling you, I, I know I led it, but I got something last Saturday. Like there was something that was deposited in me. It's like my faith was built. But I would say more than anything, it's like this, my love and compassion for people just went to a whole nother place. Like this value for people's lives and this desire for them to know Jesus. And, and to have what I have. I can't explain it to you, but I've been wrecked all week long. It's like so real. And so I, I want to share a couple of testimonies from that, but there's also something specific I, I want to go after, and they will kind of coincide. And so the specific thing I want to talk about this morning is the fear of man. Or maybe even more specifically, conquering the fear of man this morning are you happy to conquer the fear of man it this sounds it sounds kind of funny when you say it out loud but somewhere down the line i just sort of feel like we've become afraid of people (laughs) and listen let me tell you this too this morning i'm not just like preaching at you this morning or I, i this is something that the holy spirit is surfacing in my life that he's showing me that he's He's challenging me on in my walk with Jesus. And, and, and it, somewhere down the line, we have, we've become afraid of people. It sounds funny, like the very people that we share so much common ground with, every person that you come in contact with, you share common ground with. Like they put on pants one leg at a time, just like you do. They hurt with things that you hurt with as well they they struggle with things that you've struggled with they're in need of the same things that you're in need with we share such common ground with people yet we tend to be so afraid of especially when it comes to the gospel of jesus christ especially when it comes to you and i just stepping out man and sharing our testimony or sharing our faith or simply telling someone that jesus loves them we're so afraid of what they might think what they might say, how they might respond, what they might do. And so we just simply decide to do nothing. So many times, it's not like we're even making a, a conscious like decision to do nothing, but because we're so afraid of what they might say and do and think, we just choose, man, just to, to settle for a reasonable Christian life. And I just want to start off the bat this morning by telling you this, church. Everybody look at me. You and I, we were not created for the reasonable. We were created for the extraordinary life. There is an extraordinary, powerful person living inside of you, and his name is Jesus Christ. Listen, church, there is nothing that's reasonable about Jesus. There's nothing that's not extraordinary about him. There's nothing that's not powerful about him. There's nothing that's not miraculous about him. There is nothing that's not supernatural about Jesus. I'm telling you, one look from this man named Jesus and your life will be changed forever. 
He will mark you with his love in such a way that you go, man, I will, there's no way I, I could ever be the same. One touch from Jesus. You understand that we're in communion with him, right? We are one with him. When we lay our hands on the sick, it represents his. One touch from Jesus and all sickness will flee. One touch from him. Sickness, pain, disease has to bend the knee. One word from this man named Jesus Christ will change the whole course of your life. And that man, Jesus, lives inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is revealing we were not created for the reasonable, for the casual Christian life. See, there's a reason, y'all, we got to get this. I got to get this this morning. There's a reason that the Great Commission is called the Great Commission. It's because it not only affects people out there in a powerful way, it affects us in a powerful way. See, God is inviting you now to be a part of something great. The Great Commission. It not only changes lives out there, it'll change your life. People out there will not only come alive, it'll make you come alive. Because this is what we were born for. See, I believe with all my heart that in order for you and I to step into the full measure, the full potential of the abundant life that Jesus paid for us to have, then it's more than you and I just being with Jesus. I know you got real quiet on that one. This being with Jesus, our relationship with him is the most important thing in our life, bar none. As a matter of fact, I believe with all my heart that the most important space or place in your life has to be the secret place. Behind the closed door, one-on-one, intimacy with the Father, through the Holy Spirit, a relationship with Jesus. But how many of you know, man, God never intended for us to just stay in the secret place. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, what did he say to them? He said, listen, when you pray, go into your closet and close the door where nobody can see you except the Father. And pray to your Father who is unseen and he will see you and then he will reward you in the open, which tells us that we can't just stay in the secret place. At some point, we step into the public place so he can reward us. You know what the reward is? The reward is God himself. Oh! The reward is seeing the manifest presence of God through our life. It's seeing people encounter Him through us. There's no greater reward. It will make you come alive. He's inviting us to be a part of something great. And it's more than just being with Him. See, I believe that the secret place sets us up for a powerful life in the public place. Do you remember Melanie's message last week? If you don't, you should And if you weren't here, you better go back and listen to it. It will change your life. One of the things Millie said, Millie said, you know, there's a time to be with Jesus. That's the most important time of your life. There's a time to walk with him and talk with him and cry to him and listen to him. There's a time to be on your face. But she said, there's also a time to partner with him and lay hold of the power of God that's available. Do you remember that? Should I preach it again to make sure you got that? Listen, there's a time to be with Jesus, but there's also a time to run with Him. And our faith gets to lay hold of. You understand that you don't have to invite the power of God in. It's already here. The Holy Spirit's on the move. You remember the the woman with the issue of blood? Oh, she says, if I could just touch his clothes. He didn't have to look at me. He didn't have to touch me. If I could just touch Him. Just a garment of His. She took her faith 
and she laid hold of the power that was already there and available through the Holy Spirit and the issue with blood was completely healed not only that her identity was completely restored all in one moment with this man named Jesus this this man named Jesus in the one moment can change things lives inside of us we we were not born or created for the reasonable you're not just the body of Christ you're a supernatural body of Christ this is who we are church get excited about it and and one of the things that I've discovered is that the people that seem to be the most intimidating people in the whole world tend to be the people that are the most open to the gospel of Jesus Christ you ever discovered that? I'm beginning to see it. The people that we would be most apprehensive to step out and simply tell them that Jesus loves them or ask them if we can pray for them are the very people, watch, that have been waiting on you and I to just step up and strike up a conversation with them about life. And not only that, man, the people that we seem to be the most apprehensive to step out and love on, not only are they waiting for us to talk with them about life. They've been praying for someone to come up to them and manifest who God is. People are waiting and praying. The whole earth is longing and groaning for sons and daughters to be who we really are. To lay a hold of the power that's available. To not settle for the reasonable, but be awakened to the fact that God has invited us to be a part of something great. It's the great commission. It's who we are. I'm yelling because I'm excited about this. And it has hit a new place for me. I'll never forget Caroline and I going to a restaurant one time. And we're sitting there and the Holy Spirit just highlights this lady that's bussing tables. And she's wiping them down. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me so clear. This doesn't always happen. Usually I step out and begin to love on someone. And then I might get a word of knowledge or prophetic word. But I I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit said, go tell that woman, thank her for all that she's doing for wiping down these tables and then tell her this specifically tell her that her life matters and that God loves her and he sees her and he's with her so I said okay Carol I'm going to go talk with this lady and I went up there and I said I know you're busy I said but I just I just want to thank you for creating such a clean environment for my wife and I to come sit down and share a meal together and I said and I feel like the Lord wants you to know that your life matters and that God loves you and he sees you and he's with you and the moment I said your life matters she burst into tears she just and I said are you okay she goes I am now and she, she was breathing heavy she goes I am now she goes you have no idea what just happened she goes before you walked up I was wiping this table down and I asked God if anybody cared about me and what I was doing and then I asked God does my life even matter to you or to anyone else? And the moment I asked that question, you walked up and thanked me for what I was doing and said, your life matters. And she said, I have so much peace right now. And I said, I'm so glad. And I took her by the hand. I said, do you have time for just a quick second of a break? She goes, I don't know, maybe. And I just took her by the hand. And I set her down at our table. And, and Caroline and I just began to ask, where, where do you live? What's going on in your life? How can we pray for you? God loves you so much. We just begin to just release seeds, man. Why? Because this is who we are. And because people are not just waiting. 
more than you realize, people are praying for the sons and daughters to manifest who he is. We cannot allow being afraid of people to keep us from our purpose for being alive. We can't do it. People that we share common ground with, people that put on pants one leg at a time, just like we do, people that struggle with the things that we've struggled with, people that are in need of a Savior that we already have, people that hurt for the same things that we hurt with and for. They're just looking for a Savior. It's more simple than we think. Man, I, let me share this testimony from last weekend because this will kind of go with it. So like I said, we, we began the whole last Saturday with just worship and being in the presence. Now listen, let me tell you something. Before every outreach that we ever do, that I've ever led here to Ross Birmingham, we always begin in worship and in prayer. Because we want to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything flows from the presence of God. If it doesn't flow from there, it becomes more about you and what you say and what you do. I've said this so many times. Let me say this again. Evangelism is not just about where you go and what you do and what you say. It's about who you are and what you carry. We, it's not about being a bunch of evangelists. We're sons and daughters of an amazing, loving Father living in the kingdom. And as sons and daughters, we carry the presence. We carry the light and love of Jesus. We carry the spirit and power that is so easily accessible. All we got to do is lay a hold of it. Boom! And it's impossible for nothing to happen. This is who we are. This is what we carry. And it takes the pressure off. Oh, next thing you know, you're not afraid of anyone because it's about not about what you do, but who you are, what you carry. You, next thing you know, you're dependent upon the Spirit because you realize He's really good at what He does. And we just get to be a part of it. I, this was a, a, a couple years ago. I'll never forget this. Street ministry, me and a couple other people were praying for this young girl. She just had a baby. Oh, man. And, and we, we just asked her, how can we pray for you? And she goes, I pray for my baby, my baby's health. And then pray for the baby's father. Like he, he needs to turn his life around. He needs Jesus. I said, okay, great. I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder? She said, sure. I put my hand on her shoulder. I began to pray for her baby. We thank you for this baby's salvation at a young age. That this baby will grow up knowing who he is. Love on him, Holy Spirit. Comfort him right now. We thank you for perfect health. Then begin to pray for the Father. God, we thank you that you wake this dad up in the middle of the night with dreams from you. That he wouldn't be able to go anywhere without seeing you, Jesus. Send people his way. And I'm just praying and loving on this family. Like, get done. And I make sure she knows Jesus. Do you know Jesus is personal Lord and Savior? Oh, but you got to ask people that. They might just surprise you and say no, but I want to know him. They've been waiting on somebody to just be who we are she says yes I know Jesus I said before we leave do you have any pain in your body because Jesus is the healer he loves every part of who you are and she goes well I did she said I hurt my shoulder real bad my shoulder is always in pain but the moment you put your hand on my shoulder begin to pray for my baby all my pain left and she said I don't feel anything anymore she begins to cry Hey, and, and, and my, my response, I was like, oh. Like, I was like, that, I, and this is the first time it ever happened to me. I was like, man, I didn't even pray for you. I didn't say this out loud. I didn't even pray for your shoulder. And I walk away and I begin to cry because I begin to realize it really isn't about me, is it? 
It's less about where you go and what you do and what you say. What if it really is about who we are and what we carry? I didn't know that she needed healing in her shoulder, but Jesus did. And I am in communion with him. I'm one with him. And he's already paid for it. So when I put my hand on her shoulder, he just did what he does. The spirit moved in power. And it wasn't even about me. Wow! How freeing is that? Now, most of the time, you know. Most of the time, you, the person, I got paid for this, or I need encouragement in this, or I need a job, and it's perfect. You pray, and you, the Spirit moves. But it's, it's such a great reminder. Oh, man, this is who we are and what we carry. I, I, my whole point is that last Saturday, we started out in worship, just in the presence of God. And then I shared my heart on evangelism. Yvonne shared. And then we broke up into groups of three to go put this into practice. And I had two of the ladies from the Love Lady Center in my group. And one of the ladies was really shy, really, really quiet. To the point where before we went out, she pulled me to the side. She goes, Wes, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And she goes, I'm so excited to be here. And I want to do this. She said, but I'm just, I'm so shy. I'm not really sure how to do it. I don't know if I can pray for anybody today. And you know what I said to her? I said, perfect. So you don't have to pray for anyone today. Well, why? I'm not going to push her to try and do something. Just don't let her be. Because everything flows from being, from the presence. I said, perfect. You follow me around and we'll watch God move together. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? She said, are you sure? I said, yes. I said, there's freedom in this thing. Because, see, I, I, I kind of figured what was going to happen. And so she, we go out and she follows me around. We see two backs get healed. We stop at a couple. They're in their car. Man, the, the guy's got his, his, his elbow out and the woman's kind of laid back. And I just really kind of quietly, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if she was asleep. I just said, hey, we're out praying for people. Both of them, man, so hopeless just needing the hope of Jesus. We just stay right there at the window for about 10 minutes and just releasing the hope and just encouraging them. It was so amazing. And then about halfway through our time, this girl, Ashley, who was so shy and quiet, had not said a word all day, said, hey, Wes. I said, hey. She goes, I see a lady across the parking lot kind of limping. It looks like she has a knee brace on. We should go pray for her. And I was like, yeah, we should. First thing she said all day. And so as we're walking, she goes, hey, Wes, do you mind if I pray for her knee? I didn't ask her. Wes, do you mind if I pray for her knee? I said, absolutely. And so we get up to this lady. Her name is Kim. And we say, Kim, we're out praying for people. God loves you so much. I said, is there anything going on in your life, man, that you would just need a touch from God for or, or, or about? And we'd love to do that for you. And she thought for a second. I said, well, can we start here? We notice you have a knee brace. Do you have knee pain? And she goes, absolutely, I do. And I said this. I said, if you allow, this is my friend Ashley, if you will allow her to pray for your knee, all your pain will leave. You'll receive a brand new knee and no longer have to wear that knee brace anymore. And Ashley looked at me. I know what she was thinking. Why in the world would you say that, Wes? This is my first time doing this. Do you, you know why I said that? It's because my faith is not in a miracle. My faith is not in uh, uh, believing God to see something happen. My faith is in Jesus Christ. 
My faith is in the miracle worker. My faith is in what he accomplished on the cross. If for whatever reason she doesn't get healed, then we'll address it. Then we'll go from there. But what if we just started with big faith? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if we just started there? Because I've learned, man, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Oh, I've, like, like the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Because the greater the risk, the more dependent I am upon God than I am upon me and my measly old prayer. Woo! What if we just depended on God from the beginning? What if we just didn't know any better? Right? Like, what if uh, the young adults, we just got through going through the book of, of James. And we ended it last Wednesday, man, James chapter 5. And in James chapter 5, verse 15, James says this. He says, the prayer offered in faith will see the sick get well. That's all he said. No big formula. If you'll just pray because you believe that God is who he says he is, you'll see the sick person get well. Like, like, I feel like James is saying we've overcomplicated. Just so you know, God heals. Just so you know, if God created your body, he'll heal your body. Oh! If God created your body, he'll heal it. He knows your body better than any person, any doctor. So in a moment, he knows exactly what's coming against your body to allow it not to function the way he intended for it to and he's not okay with it it's why he sent his son Jesus to pay a price for us to be healed inside and out it's why third John says he wants our, our physical healing to prosper just as our soul does this is who the father is and so James really really what James is saying is hey guys you're a supernatural body of Christ you're not just the body of Christ you're supernatural this is who you are be awakened to who you really are the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Oh, and what if you just believed it? What if we didn't know any better? What if, like Melanie was talking about last week, we get all these options and Jesus just tends to be on the list. And when this doesn't work and this doesn't work and this doesn't work, then we begin to panic and throw prayers up to heaven as opposed to living from heaven towards earth and Jesus being our first option. Lay hold of the power that's available. Wow. He knows our body. He'll heal our body. He heals. This is who He is. And did you know that you don't, you don't have to beg or, or plead for Him to come and do something that He already wants to do and that's ultimately already been done. You're partnering with Him through prayer to see it manifest right here. That's awesome, you guys. This is amazing. That's why I said that to that lady. It wasn't me being pompous. It was just me being excited about seeing a knee healed and just starting with big faith. And Kim got on her knees and put her hand on the knee. And uh, this is what she said. She says, God, heal it. That's what she said. God, heal it. Thank you, God. And I said, I said, I said, Kim, how's your knee feeling? And she goes, by gosh, something's happening. She said, something's happening. I said, what's happening? She goes, it feels different. She goes, I think it's getting better. I said, yeah, Jesus. I said, Ashley, pray again. God, just heal it. God, bring healing right now. She got to praying the second time. And Kim goes, I don't feel any more pain than I used to feel. And she begins to move her knee up and down like that right there. And she goes, I haven't been able to do this in six months. And she begins to walk straight without any limp. And Ashley's going, whoo. She cannot believe it. Needless to say, I didn't pray for another person last Saturday. 
actually prayed for everyone else. Like, like this, no, this is, and that's my favorite. I don't have to, man, on these street ministries. John Wimber says, one of my favorite things in ministry is to pass the ball to someone else and let them take the winning shot. It ain't about me. It's about King Jesus and the love for the people around me. That's actually my favorite thing about being an evangelist here at Arise Birmingham is to empower others for evangelism to become a lifestyle. To know and see and experience that you can do this. That you don't have to be afraid of people. They put on pants just like you do. I've seen one person my whole life jump into a pair of shorts and it was my son Jethro. It was the dangest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's standing on, the, on his bed. And I'm holding the shorts out. It's about a year ago. I said, come on, take me right foot, buddy. We're in a hurry. And he bends down. He squints his eyes. And he sticks his tongue out. Like that. I said, Jack, come on, dude. We, we got we to go. Stick your right in. All, you know, the bed's kind of springy. He jumps up. Both feet land in the shorts. And I go, oh, Chad, that was ridiculous. He goes, Daddy, we're in a hurry and I just saved you some time. The only person in my life, everybody else, puts on pants like we do, but yet we're afraid of them. We're afraid of the people that we share common ground with. We're so afraid to get rejected when you actually can't get rejected. You've already been accepted as the beloved. It's what Todd White says. I love it. It's one of my favorite things he says. You can't mess this thing up because it really isn't about you. It's about who you are and what you carry. The Holy Spirit's so good. Just give it a try. Jump in and be a part of something great. The Great Commission. In order for us to experience the full measure of the abundant life, it's more than just being with Him. we got to run with Him. It's more than just what He wants to do for you. It's what He wants to release through you. Are you happy this morning, church? Some of you are like, man, I don't know. Like, oh. And this is another thing I've discovered. And this, this, this is sort of changing my life too. I discovered this last, last Saturday. It's crazy. <clears throat> I say this all the time, man. Jesus is our purpose for being alive. And what we might can say is that the fear of man can actually keep us from our purpose for being alive. But not only that, the fear of man can actually keep us from our responsibility to not keep him to ourselves. If Jesus is your purpose for being alive, you actually have a responsibility man, to release him and share him with the rest of the world. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, when Jesus gives the great commission to his disciples, he says, go and preach the good news to all creation. And I believe with all my heart, if you read between the lines, he's saying, this is not just your purpose, but now you have seen too much, you've tasted too much, you've experienced too much with me to hold this thing in. You now have a responsibility to share it with everyone else who is hurting just like you were hurting. That was in need just like you were in need. That was, that was afraid just like you were afraid. That was going through stuff just like you've been through stuff. Now you've seen too much, you've experienced too much, you have a responsibility. Paul says in Romans 1.16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know why he said that? It's not just because there was this shame for not sharing the gospel. It's because he realized there ain't no way I can hold this in. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. God knocked me off my donkey. There ain't no way 
I can keep this to myself. And then he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, and this is the scripture that's really changing my life right now. Paul says this. He says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me. In other words, may judgment come upon me if I'm not daily living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now this, now watch. This is not him nor me this morning pointing the finger making you feel guilty or ashamed for what you're not doing and what you need to be do, doing. This is Paul saying, how can I not? This is an awakening that God's invited us to be a part of something great. This is an awakening of the full measure of the abundant life that Jesus paid for us to have. Woe to me, how could I not be responsible because of what I've seen to keep it to myself and give it away. Are you with me? See, the reality is, church, is that every one of us, we're going to give an account before God at the end of our day. We're going to stand before God and we're going to give, give an account for our life. And I'm so thankful for Revelations chapter 21, verse 4, when it says he'll wipe every tear from our eye. I'm so thankful for that. You're going to stand before him. He's going to wipe all your tears. He said, come, come on in. Why? Because salvation is a free gift. Right? It's not about what you can do, what you've earned, or how many times you witnessed, or how many people you've seen saved, or how many miracles you've seen. It's a gift that we get to receive. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. So he's going to wipe every tear from your eyes. Say, come on in. But I just want to make sure that none of the tears he wiped from my eye is because the highlight of my life is just to go to a job to make a certain amount of money to provide for my family. I want to make sure the highlight of my life is not to just go on vacation every once in a while to find rest. My rest is found in Jesus Christ, my personal Lord and Savior. I want to make sure the highlight of my life is not finding the next best TV show so I can lay up in my bed and enjoy myself. I want to make sure that the highlights of my life are when I spend it with Jesus Christ. When I run with Him to be a soul winner because this is my purpose and my responsibility because He's changed me and He wants to change the world around me. And He's invited me to be a part of something so great. The Great Commission. Christ in you is longing to be that Christ through you. And it's easier than you think it is. Church, it's time to go, man. It's time to rise up. People are hurting every day, man. People are hurting every day. I, I can't even, like, I I'm telling you, this compassion thing. I was coming home from the church the other day, and I wanted to get to my boys and Caroline so bad. I missed them. I just wanted to get to them and play. I already talked to Caroline on the phone in the background. Jet was like, Daddy, you coming home? We're about to wrestle. It's like, I'm coming. I'm in my neighborhood. I'm pulling around the curve. And there's two men at their work truck. This is just last week. Two men at their work truck getting materials to go into this house to work. And all of a sudden, like, y'all, I'm not even trying. I don't even really want to stop. I want to get to my boys. And all of a sudden, I feel my foot press the brake and slow down. I, this is funny. I even said to my mind, why am I slowing down? I felt it. And then it's as if the Holy Spirit is just compassion. I felt my finger get off the steering wheel and roll my window down. Y'all, I'm not kidding. Something happened to me last Saturday, man. 
at this evangelism training. I ain't trying to coach you to come to the next one. I'm telling you from my heart, I don't care if one person shows up. We'll go out together. It doesn't, I'm just not what it's about. Something happened. I roll the window down. And these two men are right there talking, get materials. And I just said, hey. And they said, hey, man. I said, do you know Jesus? I just went for the juggler. Just not how you doing, what you up to. Do you know Jesus? And the one guy looked at me, he smiled. He goes, yeah, man, we know him. I said, are you sure? I said, you got to know him, man. He's everything. He's life. And he wants a relationship with you. And they both go, yeah, man, we know him, we know him. I said, but okay, let me tell you this then. You guys are doing more than just tile work inside of this home. I said, you guys are building the kingdom of God. And God wants to use you in every home that you walk in. Man, you can pray over these homes. Man, you can love on the people that you're going to. God wants to use you for his glory. You were created for so much more than what your hands are finding to do. And they go, oh, man, that's, thank you. Like, we needed that, bro. I needed that encouragement. See, what they don't know is that that neighbor's house that they're working at, the husband and wife, they're atheists. They don't know Jesus. They don't even believe in God yet. But they're my neighbors. And he's starting to come and shoot basketball with me some. And he's been asking me about the church. And I've been talking to him about God. I just don't hold anything back. I've been building relationship to such a point where he's going, man, how's the church? Man, you drumming this week, Wes? You preaching this week? Man, what y'all been doing, man? What y'all do with all the COVID stuff? How'd y'all handle that? All this kind of stuff. Isn't that amazing? They didn't know that, man. But they were in a house and they got to be like leaven, man. Just like, they look, look, because it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's about what we carry inside every home. I'm jumping up and down. Because this is who we are. Listen, one last scripture. Hey, Caroline, what time is it? I have two minutes left. Thank you, baby. I love you. I'm going to do this in uh, two and a half minutes because this is important. Um, Because we're going to conquer the fear of man this morning. The book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, The perfect love of God casts out fear. How many of you know that when you read that, it's easy to go, Man, that's awesome. That's such a good word but then you're just still afraid. Oh, the perfect love of God casts out fear. Woo! Oh, I'm still afraid of people. <laughs> At some point, man, we apply this scripture to our life. God doesn't just want us to know it. He wants us to experience it. Look, look, if his love casts out fear, that tells us that, that he, God is not the one that, that gives us fear. He casts it out. So where does fear come from? It comes from the enemy. If God is love, the enemy is fear. And so he projects this spirit of fear onto us and it makes us feel afraid. And what I've learned, this is what I've learned, church. This is what it looks like to apply this scripture to my life. In order for me to apply this scripture to my life, I got to face my fears. I got to actually step out and afford the Holy Spirit an opportunity to release the love of God through my life. And just see if it get cast out. Put him to the test. The enemy portrays his fear on you, the spirit of fear on you. And it gives you the feeling of being afraid. Fear is just a feeling. How many of you know we're not in a feeling, we're in a relationship. We don't obey this feeling, we obey the voice of God. So when we begin to feel afraid that's projected onto us by fear himself, what we do is our first thought gets to be this. Well, this is just a feeling. I'm in a relationship. This can't be from God. This perfect love cast out fear. This is from the enemy that wants to keep me from my destiny for being alive. The enemy actually, when we begin to feel afraid, he, he sees us as a threat. Right? Because he doesn't want to see us step over this feeling and into 
what God's called us to. And he doesn't want to see people's lives get encountered by God through our life. So he projects this feeling of fear. And our response is, wait a minute, this is just a feeling. This is the enemy seeing me as a threat. This is a thermometer to gauge that God's about to do something really, really powerful. So if I choose not to obey this feeling, but to step over it in love like Ashley did, I'm going to step over this feeling that I have. I'm going to pray for this knee. All of a sudden, man, you see the raw love and power of God manifested. And next thing you know, you're not afraid of anything. All you can think about is who's next. All you can think about is, oh my gosh, this is just a feeling I've had. Woo! This is just the enemy seeing me as a threat, man. Robbie Dawkins, if you've heard of him, and Chris Overstreet, they were leading this big uh, evangelism into a city. I can't remember if it was in San Francisco or Sacramento. It was one of them. They were going into one of the big cities in California. And they had like a, a couple day training with all these students. And so it comes time for them to go into the city and so if you don't know who Robbie Dawkins is man he's an evangelist right now he's setting up evangelism schools in the Middle East like like he for real like 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 last year or uh, a year and a half ago he's getting ready to fly out to I think it was Afghanistan to start the first school and he was staying in a host home of 12 people and they called him and said hey Robbie you're gonna need to cancel your flight and come out a few weeks later all 12 of us have COVID and it's bad And Robbie said, I will not cancel my flight. I'm not coming to catch what you guys have. I'm coming to release something. And he goes, I'll come inside of your home. And he said, man, this guy's a humble guy too. This is not him. This is just him knowing who he is. He said, I'll come and don't get me another place to stay. I'll come and stay with you guys. You guys will get better and I'll never catch it. Two days later, he flies out. He goes into the host home. And with a matter of days, all the people started getting well. He didn't even pray for it. He was just there. He never got it. I'm not saying we should run and kiss somebody with the flu or COVID. I'm not saying it at all. But we do have to distinguish between what wisdom is and what fear is. We cannot be afraid of the fear. We cannot have the fear of man. We carry something. We have something, you guys. We get to lay a hold of the power that's available. Robbie and and Christopher Street wake up the next morning. They're about to lead people into the city. And Robbie pulls up to the church, into the parking lot. They get to the gate. They get there early to pray and Chris Overstreet pulls up next to him and runs out of his car and runs up to Robbie Dawkins' window and Robbie puts his window down and Chris Overstreet says, Robbie, what did you feel this morning when you woke up? And Robbie goes, honestly, I felt sheer terror come over me. And Chris Overstreet said, me too. I woke up this morning and the hair stood up on my arms. And then Chris Overstreet goes, it's about to be a powerful day. Why? Because the enemy sees us as a threat. It's just a feeling that we don't obey. The enemy wants to keep us from being a part of something so great. The abundant life. It's time to rise up and go, church. I know you're like, Wes, this is all you talk about. I won't stop until I see every one of you show up on a Saturday morning ready to run with Jesus into a street ministry and until this becomes an absolute lifestyle because it is fun, it is awesome, it is rewarding, it's who you are. Let's all stand our feet. Oh, good. Listen, wait. We're just, I'm just going to invite you right now if you want to come forward, man, and just lay down. 
Pops, you can go ahead and start that the, uh, the, the ministry song. You can stay where you're sitting. You can come up and kneel. I, I, I just, just kind of envisioned this morning. Let's take just a second. I want you to listen to the lyrics of this song. But I just envisioned this morning us just, just an all in, just a yes. Just a yes, man, to Jesus Christ this morning. Just, just a yes to the Great Commission this morning. A yes to the go and the gospel this morning. So come on, man, just right where you are, man. Just begin to pray. Just begin to give Jesus everything. Just begin to tell Jesus, man, Jesus, I want to experience the full measure of the abundant life. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you really do deserve it all. I say yes to the Lord. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Of the harvest, you deserve it all. Thank you, Jesus. And hey, listen, also, if you need healing in your body this morning, just come on up. The prayer offering of faith will see the sick person well. If you need any sort of healing in your body, just come up and just get on your, get on your knees and just receive healing this morning for whatever you need healing for. If you need Jesus this morning, man, there, there might be one person here. Maybe two people here that doesn't know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to make that right before you leave. If you need Jesus as your personal and Savior, come up right now and talk to me. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you invite him into your life. Come on, let's give him everything. Jeremy's up here. Caroline's up here. Melanie's up here. There's Eddie. There's Brittany. If you need prayer with somebody, man, or myself, man, come on up.